Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome into the 49er Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett. Apologies for the late start. I know many of you have been commenting already. Sterling, you're late. I'm aware. I apologize. Hope you like my brand new NFL beanie. Right here, the logo. Got it for Christmas from my fiance. But look, we're week 18 into the NFL season. Can you believe... At the months of August, October, September, October, November, December have passed us by this quick. And the NFL regular season has already reached its finale. This Sunday, the San Francisco 49ers will host the Los Angeles Rams. The Niners come in, what is it, 12 and 4 or 11 and 4 on the season. The Rams come in 9 and 7. San Francisco, number one seed, clinched. NFC West, clinched. Playoff berth, 100%, 1000% clinched. The Rams, though, 9 and 7. They've already clinched the playoff berth, but their seeding is up for grabs this Sunday. Because if I'm correct, if my math is mathin', as the young uh, children say, uh, I believe the Rams could fall to the number seven seed with the loss against San Francisco and a Packers win over the Bears because the Green Bay Packers have the tiebreaker over the LA Rams. And of course, Seattle is always a stickler in there as to will they get in? Will they get knocked out? Seattle wins, Green Bay loses, the Seahawks are in, and the Rams are the number six seed. Uh, but there's so much that can take place, so much that can change. Now, I, for one, love Week 18 under the NFL season. Now, if you have a fantasy championship like I do, it's not your best friend because Mahomes ain't playing uh, in this game. And we'll get into the rest versus Russ conversation. Uh, Brock Purdy's not playing. Christian McCaffrey's not playing. Uh, Matthew Stafford's not playing. Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup, a lot of stars are not playing this weekend, especially in this one between San Francisco and the Rams. But week 18, so much can change. Only a handful of teams still involved in the playoff conversation. The Saints, the Bucks, the Falcons all vying for the NFC South title. And of course, the Rams, the Packers and the Seahawks fighting for a wild card spot. While in the AFC, it feels like almost every single spot's up for grabs. And then Sunday night football, the NFL final game of the regular season, Dolphins versus the Bills for the AFCS title, or AFC title, excuse me. Uh, just an insane, insane week 18 ahead of us. So let's dive into the rest versus rust conversation here, because look, a handful of players are not going to play. Brock Purdy, Chris McCaffrey, Eric Armstead, Ambry Thomas, Tashawn Gibson, Jair Brown, all out for San Francisco. For the Rams, it's Matthew Stafford, Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higbee, Joe Noteboom, Aaron Donald, and Ernest Jones IV. 
all of those players have already been ruled out for the San Francisco 49ers and the Rams. And this one, this is essentially, despite the NFL uh, eliminating week four of the NFL preseason, this is essentially week four of the preseason for these two teams. Um, and while many fans might themselves and say this week means nothing, while this week is a rather kind of a dud week for both of these teams, I, for one love to see young players get their reps. I want to see Jordan Mason. I want to see Ronnie Bell. Um, dare I say, even see Danny Gray for the first time all year back on the field. Um, this is a game for me that I point to and say, did the young guys learn after a full year of playing in the system? Uh, where were the improvements? Where can they get better? This really is and should be an extended look at rookies and younger players that want to prove themselves. Um, it does stink Jair Brown's not going to play in this one because this will be a massive game for him just to see what he can do. Um, but even you know, even players like Jason Barrett, Barrett could play in this game. San Francisco wants to get him involved defensively. We saw him playing against the Ravens. That didn't go well. But this is a time where players at San Francisco and even the Rams want to get reps or going to get a plenty of reps in hopes they can play either a meaningful role this year come playoff time or next year in training camp and in preseason maybe make a name for themselves. And that starts here in week 18 of the NFL season. But um, let's dive into the rest first rust here because um, Brock Purdy not playing makes a ton of sense. You're not going to risk losing your MVP caliber quarterback. Um, we've seen what this team looks like with a franchise quarterback in previous seasons and also unfortunately seen what this team looks like with Josh Johnson playing quarterback. Um, and you don't want that come playoff time. You need your starting quarterback when you're playing, you know, in the, the biggest games of the season. The Rams, who don't even have their seating locked up, aren't even playing Stafford. So when you already have your seating locked up being the number one seed like San Francisco, you're not playing Brock Purdy. You, you, you are saying, put him in a bubble wrap, make him your emergency third quarterback. He should not play in this game and will not play. Uh, this is going to be the Brandon Allen potential show. But more importantly, this is Sam Darnold's first start of the NFL season. His first start uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. And this kind of works in a bunch of different ways for San Francisco and Sam Darnold because one, like I already said, you're resting Purdy, um, having him healthy for playoff time. But also, uh, this is a chance for Sam Darnold to improve his free agency stock and maybe make a name for himself and remind folks that, hey, I was a top five pick for a reason. I was heralded as the franchise quarterback in New York and failed, unfortunately. And I was brought into Carolina a couple years ago to be their guy and failed again, unfortunately. But I still have much more to prove. And if Kyle Shanahan can make Darnold look good, uh, that could jettison Darnold off into a starting role or at least fighting for a starting job like Baker Mayfield did this past year with the Bucks elsewhere. Um, there are plenty of teams that need a starting quarterback or at least a high-end backup. Uh, my mind thinks of... The Saints, uh, the Vikings, if Kirk Cousins leaves, maybe the Bengals, if Burrow's injury lingers on, or take it even a step further, what about Sam Darnold in New England? Like, there's going to be a handful of teams that don't have high-end first-round draft picks that want quarterbacks, that need quarterbacks, and or maybe just don't mind taking a bridge quarterback for a year. Sam Darnold could prove to be that guy 
um, this Sunday against the Rams. Now, we have no idea what his personnel is going to be. He's not going to have Christian McCaffrey. Um, so it might be the Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Mason, Jeremy McNichols, Ty Davis Price show. Um, dare I say, I, I really don't want to play Elijah Mitchell either. Um, he has an illness. He already might not play in this one, but uh, Elijah Mitchell having a great game against the Commanders last week, but 80 yards on the ground, his first touchdown of the season. He also has an insane amount of injury history where when he's not even playing, somehow he gets hurt. I don't think I'd want him to play either. Go let Mason and, and Ty Davis Price do their thing. Um, and there's even a conversation being had in my head of, do you even want to play Jordan Mason? Because you already don't have George Odom on special teams. Uh, I get it. You have McLeod. His IR window got opened up and he's been practicing the past few days. But do you want to lose a third special teams specialist? Um, maybe Mason shouldn't play either or should be, you know, on the depth chart at, as number three for this week. Um, that's a conversation I'm certainly having. But back to Sam Darnold, um, is Debo Samuel going to play? Brandon Ayuk going to play? I'm sure Niner fans would say, no, 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 please don't play any of those players. Um, but unfortunately for San Francisco, you can't not play everybody, right? Um, Trent Williams is even going to play in this game per John Lynch this morning on KNBR. So uh, if Trent Williams is playing, and dare I say he could be the most important player to the offense, uh, not named Brock Purdy or Chris McCaffrey, because... If you lose Trent Williams, and I do not want to understate this, if you lose Williams for an extended period of time, your season might be over with. Um, I like Jalen Moore, but what Trent Williams does in the running game, in the passing game, uh, the whole conversation is run left, run left. If you can't run left, um, you're going to have a hard time winning and not following the silver back when he frees up about, about six yards of space every single time McCaffrey has the ball. But... It does look like Sam Donald's probably going to have Debo and Brandon Ayuk and Trent Williams for at least a quarter, maybe a half in this game. I just hope the play calling is conservative as can be. Um, we'll get into does this game actually matter for San Francisco? Could they kind of make their playoff seating a little easier with the win or loss? We'll dive into that in a second here, but... Um, I think there's a real conversation that should be had of, look, let's get in, get out. The outcome doesn't matter. But listening to Kyle Shanahan yesterday on KMBR, um, it's clear cut he wants to win this game, <laughs> as most competitors do. But he's playing McVay. He knows that if they can you know, get a, get a leg up on them in this playoff run and not have to see him again, it's a, it's a big task to do so. And Maybe that means winning it this week and forcing them to play the Dallas Cowboys or whatnot, and who knows. But I think if you're San Francisco, or at least for myself, I want to see the most Cam Law 2 vanilla <laughs> play calling I've ever seen. Um, of course, both teams, you want to get in, get out, no one get hurt. Uh, wrap your stars up in bubble wrap and just, and just have an easy week 18. Take 17,000 kneel downs and call it a day. Get negative yardage. Who cares? Have nobody get hurt. Um, for San Francisco, maybe that's more important than the Rams simply because San Francisco, I don't want to say has fragile players cause they don't, but they play a physical brand of football and the way they play from the number one to the number five uh, person on the depth chart, you gotta have like Kinlaw 
is going to have to play a lot. Givens, Hargrave's going to have to play in this game. Uh, how do you avoid injuries? How do you, like, like, do players take snaps off? Do they just kind of take a playoff and say, whatever, I'm not trying to kill myself to beat the Rams in a meaningless game come week 18. Um, I don't know if that's a conversation being had by Kyle Shanahan. It's a conversation I'm having right now. <laughs> but I think for San Francisco, this is, a, this is a perfect game for Sam Darnold to really showcase his talents whether it's with Ronnie Bell or Chris Conley or, or, or Willie Sneed the fourth or McLeod. And really what I want to see truly of everybody on offense, I want to see Danny Gray. We've, he's a third round pick. It's a handful of years ago and we haven't seen him at all. Now there's a reason why we haven't seen him. Uh, he's been a healthy scratch. Um, he really isn't the best blocker and he's really no help on special teams. There's a reason we haven't seen Danny Gray. This week, to me, should be the week. Activate your boy from SMU. Get him some reps. Um, he's He's got the speed to be at least a factor, whether it's on end arounds or on screens. Just get him some reps. You're now going into, what, year number three if he doesn't play with literally almost no reps. He got none last year. He's gotten none this year. You were on the verge of essentially making Danny Gray a non-factor. Another receiver being a non-factor for Kyle Shanahan. Now, it worked out for Ayuk. He was an instant impact player, got in the doghouse, then got out of the doghouse. But at this point, you're sitting back saying, we could lose Ayuk. Why wouldn't you want to see Danny Gray on the field in the maybe chance he has to replace B.A.? If he leaves in free agency or if they have to trade him come year's end, who knows? Like, it's a conversation that should be taking place. Um, you have McLeod, who's a free agent as well. You have Chris Conley, a veteran player who's not going to be here next year, probably. Willie Sneed, who is a, a fine special team veteran player that doesn't do much for you. Then you have Danny Gray and, and Ronnie Bell, who, guys, you would like to be a part of the offense. You trusted Danny Gray enough to take him with the third round pick. Please play him activate him you need to see what Danny Gray is you can't go into the offseason of well you know who is Danny Gray who knows um now on the flip side is do you want to lose a roster spot to Danny Gray and maybe the answer is no maybe, maybe that's the reason why he isn't activated yet um they probably see more value in Chris Conley more value in, in Willie Sneed the fourth being on the roster uh, being a practice squad elevation rather than Gray being on the on the 53-man roster. Who knows? Um, but I think that, like, if I'm being greedy, give me some Danny Gray. Um, moving it forward here, um, Trent Williams is going to play a half. For the love of God, just don't... His ankle is a ticking time bomb. He must be healthy. No Trent, no win. We saw that for three weeks in a row. You lose Trent... It's really hard to win games. Take away any team's elite left tackle. It's going to be extremely tough, especially how San Francisco likes to play football. I would assume it'll be a half for Trent, maybe a quarter. Then you give Jalen Moore, who's back off the concussion. He's healthy again. Fingers crossed it stays that way. He plays three quarters. Easy piece, in and out. Let him get in. Get him out of the game. Uh, but I do really not want to see Trent Williams on the field. Uh, Jake Brendel's probably going to play, but 
Ben Barch, who they acquired from the Jaguars practice squad earlier this year, has been taking snaps at center. He could relieve Brendel probably at halftime in this one, but again, you want to get in, you want to get out, no injuries. You have to have no injuries. But then the defense conversation becomes in because you have guys like Nick Bosa and Chase Young and Hargrave, and you're like, okay, Eric Armstead's injury is a big question mark. First it was, if he had to play against the Ravens, he would be out there. If it was a playoff game, he'd be playing. Now the conversation has turned into we're hopeful he can play in two weeks. Um, plantar fasciitis this is a serious injury. It's a nagging one that is kind of a day-to-day thing for a player. And like my father had it and he hated it and he didn't play in the NFL. He was not, um, you know, putting that much pressure on his on his legs and, and, and his feet all day like an NFL player would. But for Eric Armstead, you're not going to play. So if you're San Francisco, you, you can't afford to lose a Hargrave or a Bosa or a Young. What do you do there? Um, the edge rushers are a little more easy to kind of deviate or, you know, hand out reps outside of those two guys because you have your Clellan Farrells, your Andy Gregory's, and you have your, your Robert Beal Jr.'s. Like there are players you can put out there and go say, cool, you know, lead the way. But Bosa and Young are probably going to have to play in this one again. I, I, I think a half is fine. Um, but San Francisco was kind of in a position of, you had all this depth coming into the year. Now you have the number one seed and you want to rest players, but technically you can't because Drake Jackson's on the IR, uh, Kalia Davis is on the IR, uh, and you really don't have much down there. Even Austin Bryant, who was you know practicing all offseason long, isn't even on the team anymore, and he was supposed to be a depth piece for you. So San Francisco's going to have some decisions to make, and it's not going to be as simple as don't play Bosa, don't play Young. You are going to have to play your players against the Rams, unfortunately, and you just hope that for, for the Niners, they can get away from the injuries. Um... Bobo, I, I, I will get to your question in a second here, and we'll get into playoff seating in a hot minute. I, I, I want to continue the conversation of the the rest versus rust because Hargrave's a different conversation because I do think you have Kinlaw, you have Givens, but don't forget Sebastian Joseph Day, who which this team signed, what, two weeks ago, didn't play against the Commanders. Um, this is going to be his team debut. Uh, and this could be a massive game for him, getting him up to speed, giving you somebody else to be a cog in the machine. That is San Francisco's defensive line on the interior. Um, he's a good player, not a great player, but a good veteran player. Now, played for the Rams a handful of years ago, and maybe this is a Sebastian Joseph Day revenge game, but was with the Chargers and the Rams the past couple years. Um, this is the big game for him to kind of get his feet wet. What and how does Chris Kosarek use him? Maybe he is a veteran piece that comes up big come playoff time. It's a massive game for him to kind of prove himself and kind of become a Niner uh, right before our eyes in Week 18 prior to a playoff game in, what, three weeks from now? Um, so this is a big game for him. Uh, then you get to the cornerbacks, and this one's also tough because Ambry Thomas is already out of this game, broke his hand, already had surgery, so your cornerback room becomes rather thin. You have Mooney Ward, who first-time Pro Bowler, congratulations, Mooney. Then you have Lenore, uh, I would assume because of the depth with Mooney, 
and you don't want to lose your starting nickel cornerback, you don't want to play either one of them, but I think you might have to because the depth behind them is really, really, really thin. You have Thomas, who's not going to play. You have Isaiah Oliver. Then you have uh, Samuel Womack, and then you have Daryl Luter Jr. You could essentially play all the young guys, and maybe if you want to elevate Verrett to get him back up to speed again because they want to get him reps big time. Um, there's a good chance that Lenore and Ward have to play a quarter in this one, but I also wouldn't be surprised if we see the youngins, right? We see Luter Jr., we see Womack, we see Isaiah Oliver. Like, if it's me, and they go out there and, and they're starting Oliver in the nickel, which makes sense to me, started there early in the season, and you have Womack and Luter on the outside, you give Luter valuable reps right now, who you hope maybe in a year or two can be a starter on this team, and Womack, who they don't like playing on the nickel, you give him valuable reps on the outside, and Verrett kind of filters in here or there as he plays, what, 10 to 12 snaps in this game. Like, there is room to rest your cornerbacks. Um, so I do think San Francisco can pull this thing off. I'm actually expecting a very run-heavy scheme on the behalf of San Francisco, but not until they get into the second half, actually, because I do think, or at least not until they can get Williams off the field. If you can get Trent Williams off the field injury-free and you can run the football with Jalen Moore and and, and, uh, and Ben Barch and all those guys, like, I'm cool with that. <laughs> um, what I don't want is somebody getting stepped on. Like, like if, if Feliciano or whoever's playing left guard, whether it's Feliciano or, or, or Burford or whoever it is, Ben Barch, whoever it is, if they step on Williams' ankle... That thing's ready to pop and blow. He needs to have two weeks off. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's a heavy uh, run uh, game after the fact. Or just run right the entire time. Put no pressure on Trent. Give the Rams a game and call it a night. Um, Bobo, I do want to get to your question now. Because look, does this game really matter? Like, I can sit here like I've done the past, what, 17 weeks and dive into, oh, the Rams have the, the 13th best run defense and, and, and the 17th best pass defense. Does any of that matter? No. Like, this game, in a way, doesn't matter at all for San Francisco. It really is a just can you get out healthy kind of game. Like, I'm not going to sit here and waste my time diving into how can we beat the Rams on Sunday? Who cares? Like, it, it doesn't matter. This, the only game that matters is who you're playing come the divisional round of the playoffs, whether it's the Rams, Seahawks, Packers, Eagles, it doesn't matter. Like, this game does not matter at all unless you want to be a nerd and say, what young guy stands out, right? What what what, what reps does Luter and Womack get, right? But Bobo asked a, a, a good question, and it's, who do you want to play? If I can bring it up here. Who do you want first in the playoffs? I want the Lions, then Dallas. Don't want to play the Rams for a turn uh, for a third time, but uh, if we do whatever. Um, Bobo, uh, it's a good question to ask. It's a question that myself, um, many fans are trying to figure out because I think I'd rather not play the Lions, which goes into my question of does, does this game actually matter? And... Realistically, no, but 
In actuality, yes, <laughs> this game in a weird way does matter because if San Francisco knocks off the Rams and beats them this Sunday and the Packers win and the Seahawks lose, I believe, if my math is mathing again, that the Packers would jump to the sixth seed, moving the Rams to the seventh seed, meaning the first round would be uh, the Bucks versus Philadelphia in Tampa Bay. And then it would be the Lions versus the uh, the Packers. Then it'd be Dallas versus the Rams. Um, personally, I don't want to play the Lions. Um, I think while their passing defense is horrible, um, their offense is high-powered as high-powered can be. They have two really good running backs, whereas San Francisco, well, I know the numbers might not say this, if Eric Armstead can't play, and you have Montgomery and Gibbs lighting you up, that is just a nightmare scenario for San Francisco, then their run defense is a top-five unit in the league. They are erasing... Tony Pollard's and Tyson Chandler's and many other great running backs. Now, I get they aren't Chris McCaffrey. I so get that. And I understand that other offenses don't have Kyle Shanahan calling plays for them. But I actually do not want to play the Lions. Now, if you go back to Thanksgiving Day, the Packers actually beat the Lions pretty badly. And so maybe if you can get Green Bay to knock off the, uh, the, the Lions or... If you lose against the Rams on Sunday, which I would prescribe to doing so, you get a matchup of Rams and Lions. Let one of those two teams take each other out for you, making your life easier. If you're scared of the Rams and the Lions win, you win there. If you're scared of, of, of the Lions and the Rams win, you win there. Then to take it further, Seattle and Dallas, they went neck and neck earlier this season. I think, while I'll be at Dallas, we'll be at home for this game, it looks like. If Seattle's in there, they're going to be healthy again. They have Kenneth Walker back and Charbonnet and Geno's back out there. Like If they're healthy enough, I think Seattle could actually beat the Dallas Cowboys come playoff time or at least give them a, a run for their money in the playoffs. And even if the team like Dallas or the, or the Lions or the Rams win and you don't want to play them, they're at least going to have a tough fought you know, hard, bloody nose way to victory, and that only favors San Francisco is going to be sit on sit on on on, on their couch for a week and a half. <laughs> so, um, personally, I would rather play the Seahawks because <laughs> who wouldn't, right? But of the Rams, let's say it's Philadelphia or the Lions, um, Kyle Shanahan put it best. When he was asked, what teams do you likely not want to play? Which teams do you want to, you know, not have to deal with come playoff time? He said the team that has the worst quarterback. Um, so he wants to play Jared Goff over Matthew Stafford. Um, he wants to play Geno over Dak. He wants to play Dak over Matthew Stafford. Um, you can argue Matthew Stafford is maybe the best quarterback not named Brock Purdy left in this year's NFC playoffs. Um, maybe that's a conversation that we should have of like, hey, avoid the Rams at all cost. Um, but there, there is like, it, the playoffs are such a different animal. Like, I know like, if I'm being greedy, I want to play Seattle, 
and the Bucks. Because <laughs> why wouldn't you want to have Gino and Baker at home? Like, that's like, yeah, of course I want that. But I think if you're San Francisco, like, you're actively rooting for either the Seahawks to win and have to play Dallas in round one. Hope they knock off Dallas in Dallas, which I think they actually can do, surprisingly. Then, or, or if, if the Packers win it and Seattle can't get it done, you're rooting for the Packers to win and, and, and the Rams to lose so that the Dallas and, and Rams go toe-to-toe and that the Lions maybe lose to Green Bay. Like, there's so much that can happen where really it just comes down to who gets hot. Um, it sounds weird, but I go back to a team like um, the Patriots. They were undefeated to what 2007 it was, and you're like, what the heck's going on? And this is the best team in the league. The Giants get hot, and they run through the entire playoffs, almost beat New England the last week of the season, and they, they find each other again in the Super Bowl, and, and the Giants win. Like, really, if a strong defense just gets hot, so many things can happen, and that was a decade ago, right? But I do think for San Francisco, just don't play the hot team. Maybe that's the Rams. I don't think it's Green Bay. I don't think it's the Cowboys. I don't think it's the Eagles, but I think of the teams you want to avoid, I don't want to play the Lions, and I do not want to play Philadelphia. Um, It sounds weird, but Philadelphia, they're a team that maybe amongst the teams left aren't the best team overall, but Philadelphia at their best, which they haven't been for, well, since we crush them at the link at their best might be the second best team in the entire NFC. Now, are they going to show up? Who knows? I know Philadelphia Eagles fans think they will think the wild card is the best thing for them. They have the Bucks, a relatively easier game for them. albeit the Bucks took them down or took them close to the edge early in the season. I do think that I would not want to play Detroit or Philadelphia. I want uh, the Seahawks or the Packers or even the Dallas Cowboys again, but we'll see. It's a long way to go. But then that conversation of rust comes in. You're not playing a lot of your starters this week. Some of them hurt. Some of them just for rest purposes like Brock Purdy and others. Um, Is it too much time off for these guys? Now, I I never bought into the idea of, of rust. It's not like the MLB World Series or a, a, a playoff series. It, it, it isn't like um, the NBA Finals where you've played, you know, a, a, you slept them in four games and it's over with. Then you have to sit on your butt for a week and a half. Um, it's a little different. Like in the NBA and MLB, like you can't simulate seeing live pitching too much. Um sure you can have someone toss BP to you, but you don't want to have someone blow their arm out throwing a live game to you uh, in between series, right? In the NBA, you're not going to have your team play like lockdown defense against your stars. It's so hard to get back up for that. Now for San Francisco, um, this is going to be like you're preparing for week one of the NFL season again, right? It's like, you, hey, like you have two weeks off, right? And you're going to be studying your playbook, practicing, uh, making sure you're in tip-top shape, and playing physical. Like, Kyle Shanahan has some of the most intense practices. In fact, when there were so many injuries in 2019 and 2020 and 2021, there's a reason they had the, this, you know, the training staff got switched over. 
Shanahan was criticized for in Washington and Atlanta and early in his time in San Francisco of like, hey, why are we in pads on Thursday? Like, guys are getting hurt because they're playing a physical, intense practice, and that, albeit, hasn't changed too much. Like, they have a very intense practice, even in OTAs and training camp when pads aren't even on yet, right? So I don't think the Russ conversation has too much validity to it. I do think that it much more comes down to, like, Brock Purdy doesn't concern me of, of, of a rust. He didn't have an entire offseason, really. Like, he was nursing an injury and on the side field for a lot of it, right? Uh, CMC is literally takes care of his body to perfection. Doesn't worry me. Um, my concern isn't of Trent Williams being ready to go and is he going to bring that physicality. If anything... I do think the rust factor comes in to the defense. Um, the offense should be fine. Maybe it's a slow start, but they are too talented to only score 14 points in a game, right? But for the defense that has had so much trouble tackling, so much trouble finishing off sacks, um, that's where the concern comes in now when you get Eric Armstead back, hopefully, and you have Bosa and Armstead and Hargrave and Young all in there at the exact same time. Maybe that changes. Um, but if anything, this weakness of the offense doesn't worry me. It is the defense of can you get pressure? Can you attack the quarterback? And can you tackle? Um, that's been a massive issue in healthy. It's also been a massive issue when they're worn down. Um, now, take it though. That, okay, there might be a rust factor. Two weeks off, right? Every time San Francisco has had a longer week, right? Um, the longer week, the first one was when they went from the what, the, the, the the Cardinals to the Giants. So it, it, was, it was the Rams on Sunday to uh, the Giants on Thursday, then the Giants to the Cardinals on Sunday, right? San Francisco blew out the Cardinals. Blew them out. <laughs> like, it was easy. Then they had a Thursday going from Giants to Cardinals, and they had the Sunday night game against the Cowboys, right? Blew them out. Like, every, almost, and then they go to the bye week, and they have the, you know, between Jacksonville, they, they lose against the Bengals, have the bye week, go play the Jaguars, crush them. The only time San Francisco has lost on a long week this year was against the Ravens, who are the best team in the AFC, who likely have the MVP at quarterback, and your quarterback had the worst game of his career. Like, every time San Francisco has a long week, they come out and they crush an opponent. Now, playoffs are different, right? But I just think, like, the rust factor to me isn't that big of a deal. It's not that big of a conversation. Uh... We have some questions by Rick Diaz here. Rick says, how are you, my friend? I'm, I'm doing great today, Rick. Uh, no complaints on my end. Hope you're doing fine. He said, let's go, Niners. What I came uh, was going to be Sunday, the end of the regular season. I still love my team, the San Francisco 49ers. Rick, who doesn't love the San Francisco 49ers? Not named a Rams and Cowboys fan. Um, so yes, Rick, hope you're having a great day. Thank you for joining us on the show today. Then Bobo chimes in again. Do you believe we took it easy on the Bravens on purpose when we lost so badly to not show our full playbook? Uh Early in that game, no. Late in the game, probably. 
Um, the Ravens went into kind of the quasi-prevent, or like whatever, if the Niners score, no big deal. Um, Brock Purdy's out. Like, you can tell there was... It's almost like when an NBA team says, okay, like, you know, wave the white flag, put the bench players in, but then the, but then the bench players play better because the starters kind of uh, of the opposing team are like, whatever, like game's over with, right? Um, that's kind of what it felt like. Uh, I wouldn't put too much into the Ravens game. Yes, they got their butt handed to them. Uh, what are the odds Purdy throws four picks again? What are the odds that the Ravens seemingly know our playbook again? Who knows? Um, that game just feels kind of like a, well, we got humbled. We got smacked in the face. How do you learn and grow from it? Um, I would like to think, and I think I know this, they're taking it in stride and saying, yeah, like, we got our hands handed to us. It sucked. Um, Lamar's great. It's a good defense, but we'll see you in February. And if we don't see you, good. <laughs> we don't want to see you again. Um, I I don't put too much stock in that game, uh, but uh, I don't think the rust conversation is there. Like, like Brock Purdy's not going to be like, oh, I haven't played in two weeks. Oh, goodness. I forgot how to throw. Like, it's not going to happen. Um, my worry is, can you bring it physically? Like, is there going to be a physicality of are you going to get up? But even for San Francisco, I know it's different from 2019, uh, considering that the what week 17 against the the Seahawks in Seattle, the Dre Greenlaw tackle at the goal line, like you had to win that game to get in, right? I know it's different, but they had a week off then. Like I don't know, like it, it doesn't worry me. Like when you have the number one seed, your odds of advancing to the Super Bowl are like 60%. <laughs> I don't think San Francisco's team being this good is going to lose their first game of like, oh my goodness, they're so rusty against a team like the Seahawks or a team like the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I get it. You run into a hot team like the Rams. They go up early. Can you fight your way back? That's where the rust comes in right of, hey, can this offense fight its way back? Uh, they haven't done it much this year because they haven't had to. And when they've had to, um, outside of the Browns game, which... You know, Jake Mooney misses that field goal. They haven't really got it done. Um, so I guess that's valid, right? Where if you run into a just a hot knife going through your defensive butter, right? Like the Rams or maybe it's the Eagles or whoever it might be. Um, that's where the rust conversation comes in of, hey, can your offense battle its way back? Um, but I but I even think a team like the Eagles who were up on this team early, albeit it wasn't 21 or 14-0, it was 10-0. Um, I do think that San Francisco responded. They tightened up on defense, and, and I, I do think they have shown the ability to fight back early when they're down. Um, moving on here to the NFL playoff seeding of where it currently stands. Niners, bye week. We know this. Dallas Cowboys, number two seed as of now, would play the number seven seed Seahawks. Lions would host the Rams, and the Bucks would host... The Philadelphia Eagles. Um, what can change is the Saints or Falcons could jump the Buccaneers and play the Philadelphia Eagles. I believe the Eagles can jump Dallas to the number two seed, and the Rams could fall to the seven seed with a Packers win and Seahawks loss, and with the and with the Rams loss as well. But if the Rams win, uh, I believe 
and, and, and the Seahawks win, the Packers are out of it. So some moving pieces, it's not too much, but um, it does seem like those bottom three teams are locked in outside of um, the Cowboys and Eagles, which could kind of flip-flop. Uh, the odds of the Seahawks, Rams, and Packers flip-flopping doesn't seem likely. It kind of seems like we're going to get three NFC West teams in the playoffs this year. Although I actually would love to see Green Bay get in because I like Jordan Love a lot. And Jaden Reed is becoming one of my favorite players to watch in the entire league. Um, okay, moving on from the playoffs. Actually, here we have some more comments here. Uh, Bobo says, Philadelphia had it so easy making it to the Super Bowl last year when our quarterback went down. You're right. When you lose Jimmy G, when you lose Trey Lance, when you lose Brock Purdy and you got Josh Johnson playing quarterback... You're giving the team a, a Disney Genie Plus fast track on the way to Indiana Jones. It's like, here you go. Go to the front of the line, <laughs> right? Um, the good thing is, is that Brock Purdy's better this year than he was last year. And, I, and I, I do think San Francisco is so much better this year than they were last year. Um, I gave you one of the easy. Sometimes the, the thing you want the most is the hardest thing you have to fight for. A San Francisco thought this year, and they're probably going to be either 13-4 and four or 12-5, and five, either one. Doesn't matter to me, but um, the next two weeks are going to be a massive, you know, who do you want to play conversation. I'm sure we'll get into it again uh, next week, but, uh, you know, I don't want an easy ride if it takes and if it means winning a Super Bowl. Um, I haven't seen one in my entire life. I, I, I have cried after a handful of losses, and I haven't even played the game. It, it, it just means that much to me. Um, I know where I was when they lost against the Ravens, and now Joe Flacco's with the Browns again. So maybe we'll get our revenge there. Um, but, you know, I, I just think that this Niners team isn't a wild card team, so it's already easier than it has been the past two seasons. Um, this team is a division winner, with the number one seed. It's already easier than it has been the past two seasons. Uh, moving on to the Pro Bowl results. San Francisco leads nine, or excuse me, leads all teams with nine players in the Pro Bowl. Uh, Brock Purdy gets his first Pro Bowl vote and selection. Congratulations to Brock Purdy. Probably going to be the MVP runner-up. He'll be the MVP in my heart, but led all players with four plus million fan votes. Just an incredible story. Probably the best story in the entire league right now. Um, probably should win comeback player of the year. That's just me. Um, Chris McCaffrey gets his third Pro Bowl nod. Top five in fan voting. Kyle Juszczyk, the juice, gets his eighth Pro Bowl nod. George Kittle gets his fifth he also finished top five in fan voting. San Francisco had three players in the top five in fan voting. Trent Williams gets his, I believe, all-time tying record of 11th Pro Bowl selection. Uh, Javon Hargrave gets his second a massive free agent signing for San Francisco this past year. Goes to the Pro Bowl. Nick Bosa gets his fourth coming off a Defensive Player of the Year award last season. Fred Warner gets his third. And Mooney Ward... A well-deserved first Pro Bowl nod. Uh, nine Pro Bowlers. Um, it's funny because then you go to the alternates and it's the entire team. 
Brandon Ayuk, Eric Armstead, Aaron Banks, Lenore, Burks, Greenlaw, Brandel, McKivitz, Tabor Pepper, Mitch Wisnowski, which I thought Wisnowski was going to be their pro bowler. He's having a great year for us. Then you have Chase Young. Uh, I do think it's really funny that Oren Burks, our third linebacker, is a pro bowl alternate. How awesome is that? Um, then you have players like Eric Armstead, which I think if Armstead didn't get hurt, he'd probably go to the Pro Bowl. <laughs> um, the injury certainly cost him, I think, a, at least a chance or a better chance at it. Um, but the one that everyone's talking about, or at least the two, are Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. How did these two guys not make it to the Pro Bowl? They were the two biggest snubs of the Niner players who didn't make it. Um, I know every fan base thinks this. Um, Every fan base believes that, oh my God, I didn't make it. Why? Why? Like, oh, how, how could that guy make it over him? And, and the reality is sometimes it's just fan bases being greedy, fans being greedy. Um, but I do think, like, I'm going to read you some stats here, okay? And don't get lost. Stick with me, okay? I'm going to read you three players' stats. One of them made the Pro Bowl as a receiver. Two of them did not, Okay. Player number one, 72 receptions, 1,317 receiving yards, more than Mike Evans, who made the Pro Bowl, mind you, 18.3 yards per catch, led the entire NFL, and had seven touchdowns on the season, basically a touchdown every 10 catches, okay? That's player number one. It's mystery player number one. Really good season, right? Mystery player number two. This player made the Pro Bowl, 101 receptions, 1,445 receiving yards, 14.3 yards per catch, and only five touchdowns. A touchdown every 20 catches, right? Then mystery player number three. And I'm only going to tell you his stats from weeks nine through weeks number 17, okay? 38 receptions, 569 receiving yards, 18 carries, 119 rushing yards, and 10 total touchdowns. Which one of those players made the Pro Bowl? It was number two, right? Now, if you're following along here, which one of those players deserved to make the Pro Bowl? Uh, well... I'll tell you who number two is. It's Puka Nakua, who they will see this Sunday. Um, Puka's having a phenomenal season. This is not me trying to bring him down. It's not me saying he shouldn't make it. It's not me saying that he didn't deserve it. Puka's having a record-setting season for a rookie receiver. In fact, I believe if he has like 45 more yards, he'll break the all-time single-season receiving yard record held by Justin Jefferson for receiving yards in a season for a rookie. Having a great year, a great year for rookie receivers and a great year for receivers overall. I, I'm not shocked he made the Pro Bowl, but when you dive into the, the intricate stats, the nerdy stats, you put your glasses on and say, huh, let me go into the analytics here. Brandon Ayuk, first in yards per catch at 18.3. First in first down rate at 81.9, nearly 82%. The second highest PFF receiver grade 
127.2 passer rating when targeted. That ranks second. 20-plus yard receptions, he ranks third. 83% of his catches for first downs. And a total receiver EPA, meaning altogether, he's the fourth-ranked receiver in the entire NFL. Um, again, Puka Nakua, great season. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, dare I say, has been the more efficient receiver. Um, I'm someone who said that when he kind of disappeared against the Browns and the Vikings and the Bengals, it was going to cost him. Uh, I didn't think it would cost him Pro Bowl votes, but I do think Brandon Ayuk has been a victim of the team he plays for. Um, Kittle makes it, deserves it. McCaffrey makes it, deserves it. Brandon Ayuk is the most efficient receiver on the most efficient offense in the entire league and isn't a pro bowler. Um, now, Puka, in a much, although similar, different system than San Francisco, uh, they didn't have a Kyron Williams for a handful of weeks, means they just force-fed him. Cooper Cup was out for a handful of weeks. They force-fed him. Again, Puka, great season. Uh, steal the draft this year so far, right? Um, that being said, just not on Ayuk's level. You put Ayuk in L.A., I guarantee you Ayuk has equal, if not better, numbers than Puka Nakua does. Um, you put Ayuk as a receiver number one, which we might see in, in a year or two if he isn't here in San Francisco, on a worse team where they can force-feed him for weeks and weeks and weeks, he'll probably have 110 catches for 12 touchdowns and, I don't know, 1,500 yards. That's how good he is. Um, and just imagine if Debo Samuel was out for longer, what his stats might be. Um, I think Ayuk was snubbed, but I'll just say this, that I'm okay with Ayuk being snubbed because in my eyes, he's a pro bowler. Um, in John Lynch's eyes, he's a pro bowler. Um, no team vying for his services, whether it's us or other teams via trade, should hold it against him that he wasn't a pro bowler. And what's more important to you? A pro bowl nod of, oh, they go to play flag football. That means you lost in the playoffs. Or would you rather have him be an actual meaningful all pro? I think that answer is pretty clear. Um, if I do gets the all pro receiver, which he may or may not, probably CeeDee Lamb and Mike Evans, right? Um, but if I do gets it, or is playing in a game that actually matters, after the Pro Bowl, who cares, right? Uh, I don't care at that point. You shouldn't care at that point, but I get it. Uh, it's a merit-based system, and I think he was his odds were hurt by the team he plays for, right? Can we really give San Francisco 10 Pro Bowlers? We already had four teams who didn't have one. We're going to give that one team 10? I mean, it's, it's the most they have, um, have had since, like, 2012. Like... They couldn't give San Francisco all the Pro Bowl votes, which is fine by me, but it's like, man, like, personally, this is just me talking here. I don't think Javon Hargrave should have got it. I would rather have Ayuk get it, but whatever. Like, that's just, that, that that's a me thing. Um, but for, for Ayuk, I know he was bitter about it, but I, I, I don't think it truly matters that much. Yeah, you know, you're not going to have it on your... Your, your football reference page of he was a 2023-2024 Pro Bowler. Who cares? 
I'd rather see that gold circle around your stat line where it says you got a championship that year. Um, and look, uh, Pro Bowls don't matter anymore. Since I've been alive, since they stopped playing the actual game in Hawaii, since they're in Vegas now and no one cares, and I get why they changed everything, when's the last time pre-Pro Bowl games you actually watched the actual you know, tackle football Pro Bowl game? I haven't watched it in forever. It's meaningless. The Pro Bowl means nothing now. All it is is a fake, you played great. Cool. I'd rather you be an All-Pro. The Niners this year could have Purdy as an All-Pro. Um, McCaffrey as an All-Pro. Kittle as an All-Pro. Juszczyk as an All-Pro. Williams as an All-Pro. Uh, Bosa as an All-Pro. Warner as an All-Pro. Uh, Mooney Ward as an All-Pro. And I also wouldn't be surprised if some way Brandon Ayuk finds himself on that list of receivers that were second-team All-Pro. Um, they're just it's too good. Like... The Pro Bowls means nothing. I would much, much rather be an All-Pro than a Pro Bowler. So I get the conversation of a snub. I get it. It's like, oh, Brandon Ayuk, we love you so much. Why didn't you get it? I don't think he'll be too mad when he's out there catching passes come February in the Super Bowl if they can get there, right? Um, the third player I mentioned, though, I, I don't want to forget this. The third player I mentioned from weeks 9 through 17... And what is that? What is 38 plus 18? That's a six. What is that? 56 total touches over nearly 700 yards and 10 touchdowns is Debo Samuel. Well, I mean, that that's a Pro Bowl season for a lot of people. That's a Pro Bowl second half of the season. And if you add in his first half stats, they weren't as good. But had, had he finished or started the season like he finished... Debo Samuel is a pro bowler this year. Maybe an all-pro as well. Like, it's just this team is starting to hit their stride or they're hitting their stride. And I guarantee you ask all of them that, you know, we didn't play good against the Ravens. We didn't play good against the Commanders up to our, you know, level of playing. And they think that, hey, now we're going to have like three weeks off to actually get back to San Francisco 49ers football where we're smash mouth, kicking someone's butt, and it's running right through them. And if you get lucky, you leave this game against the Rams with no injuries, completely healthy. You get Armstead back. You get George Odom back. You get Ray Ray McLeod back. And you're sitting there at Levi Stadium in two weeks, two and a half weeks, being like, man, like, we, we got the gang back together. The, the boys are back in town, buddy. And we're ready for a playoff run. Um, I know Sunday's game is rather meaningless, uh, to many folks, I would keep an eye on the Seahawks and Packers games more than our game, truly. Um, those are the two games that could change seedings. I do think the Rams are trying to hedge their bets. I don't think they want to play Detroit. I think they want to play Dallas than us. Um, they don't want to go to the Midwest or, or the East Coast. If they can stay in Texas, then go to San Francisco um, it's a much more favorable matchup for them. Uh, and for us, you're kind of hoping that the Seahawks beat Dallas as a seven seed, and you're hoping the Rams and Lions, one of those teams, knock each other out. But uh, Week 18, what a freaking dud. <laughs> but that's what happens when you're good at Weeks 1 through 17. Um, look, folks, this is the regular season finale. Uh, 
All I can do is thank you for sticking along with me this far into the season. Uh, so thank you so much. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas, a wonderful New Year. Happy 2024. And hopefully you'll stick along with me through the NFL playoffs. Uh, Bobo, Rick Diaz, thank you for joining us here. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Almost 600 subscribers. I know it isn't a lot, but it's the small victories in life that will make you happy and keep pushing you forward. We're almost there. Uh, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify or the audio platforms, please like, share, and subscribe as well. Uh, give us five stars in the reviews. Say whatever you want. Doesn't matter. Uh, just give us five stars. It helps the show in a free and easy way, no cost to you. But because I'm a kind, courteous person, if you want to go to the game on Sunday against the Rams, if you want to go to a playoff game, you can use our promo code 49ERSACCESS. 49ERSACCESS at SeatGeek.com and save yourself $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com. Go to a Niner game and save some money. It'll help pay for your parking. Any discount is a good discount in my eyes. You can also follow us on social media at 49ers underscore access is the X or Twitter. 49ers.access is the Instagram. We reached the 20,000 plateau. Let's keep that number going. And look, it's week 18. The playoffs are almost here. We're this close. One, what, three days away from Sunday? which means playoffs are around the corner and it's going to be an awesome, awesome time. Let's go get the sixth Lombardi trophy and the first since 1994-1995. It's been too long, folks. Been too long. My name is Sterling Bennett saying thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Until next time, enjoy preseason week number four, week 18 of the NFL season and stay faithful.